Welcome to the Edge Podcast, brought to you by MGR, with your host, David Gill. Hello, and welcome to the Edge Daily Podcast. David Gill here. So, yesterday, I went on a bit of a rant talking about why the major dip was so ridiculous and that everyone needed to calm down and stop panicking. I'm talking, of course. The technology hasn't changed. The innovations it's bringing haven't changed. The only thing that's changed is the irrationality of the crowd, the populace. People worrying too much about short-term price fluctuations that led to panic. Pointless news articles written by people with little to no knowledge of the space just trying to get clicks using clickbait titles. And I told you guys, don't sell. Especially not in the panic. In fact, yesterday I said was a good time to buy. And now the irrationality has stopped and prices are going straight back to where they were before the dip yesterday. And today I was going to discuss how to take advantage of situations like that. And today I'm going to talk about how to know if it's a meaningless panic or if it's actually time to sell and how to combine all of these factors, all of the things that happened yesterday, to build riches off of crypto. So let's get into it. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. I'm excited for this one today. We are going to get deep and tactical and talk exactly about how you can make money. But first, as always, quick legal disclaimer. This is not financial advice and purely my own opinions. Please do your own research before investing and especially do not invest money that you cannot afford to lose. I think the topic of knowing when it's a panic, meaning not rational, there's no reason behind a drop versus knowing when it crashes for real, when it has a legitimate cause as to why the market prices are dropping, I think it's important. I think it's a really fun topic to see. How do you know when it's a real crash versus, like I said, just a panic, just pointless irrationality? And yesterday was a classic example of a panic. People who were overextended, meaning they have too much money invested that they are relying on to pay bills. Guys, yesterday there was a post at near the top of the cryptocurrency Reddit from a guy saying, that he couldn't afford to go to, t- to college now because he was relying on cryptocurrency gains to pay his college tuition. Please don't be that guy. Please, if you have to make rent or pay tuition or pay your mortgage or whatever, don't, don't, don't rely on cryptocurrency gains or any investment gains for that matter. It doesn't matter what it is, bonds or stocks or whatever. Be smart. Only invest the money you can afford to lose. But I think another reason it dropped was because a lot of people didn't have purchasing power. They didn't have money that they could put in to the dip when the prices were low. They couldn't buy more because they already had put too much money in. And I'm not going to go too into how or why the market dropped yesterday. That yesterday's entire video, or I'm sorry, podcast was dedicated to that. So you can go and check out yesterday's podcast. I think it's called Market Crashed. Is it all over? Question mark. Good clickbait title there, huh? Yeah, I know. I know. It worked. It got it got pretty good listens. 
And really, a lot of it was caused by news stories of no consequence also. But like I said, yesterday's podcast, if you want to know why the drop happened, listen to yesterday's podcast. So let's talk about what I said before. Today, Today's entire episode, or most of what this episode is going to be about how to know if it's a real crash versus if it's a panic, which is really, really important. How to know is if, is this a legitimate crash and I should actually sell my money because this thing is not as valuable as I thought it was? Or is it just a panic and people are freaking out for no reason? That's a, there's a very big distinction there, but it's often kind of hard to know. But essentially, the real reason for a crash, I'm going to give you a couple examples of real reasons for a crash. And number one being if there were some drawbacks of the technologies, if there was drawbacks to blockchains and DAGs, DAGs, uh, directed acyclic graphs, it's a different type of technology similar to blockchain, but different in how it works. It accomplishes very similar things, but it's different. Uh, example is IOTA, IOTA runs on it's a it's what's called a DAG coin, DAG. I'll talk about what that technology is in another episode, but I'm just giving an example uh, of vulnerabilities, right? So, for example, if, if Bitcoin, let's take Bitcoin, the, the, the big kahuna, everyone knows Bitcoin. If the Bitcoin blockchain, which has never been hacked, by the way, uh, exchanges have been hacked, but Bitcoin has never been hacked itself. The blockchain itself has never been hacked. If the technology behind it were if there was an unknown security hole and it was actually hacked if people said oh my god it's not this impenetrable fortress that we thought it was it actually can be hacked and there's a security hole and it comes out that is a legitimate reason to sell your bitcoin because then it is not what you thought it was it is not as valuable as you thought so if that were to happen that would be a legitimate reason for the price to crash that's a good example of a true crash Again, that's theoretical. It's never happened. I don't think it will happen based on the technology. The only way is people say quantum computing, but again, that's a topic for a whole whole nother discussion. Um, or another example, more realistic, would be if it were impossible, if, it, if we discovered that it was impossible to reach high transaction per second, TPS, for everyday life um, or for microtransactions, like if you want to buy your coffee or if you – microtransactions are even smaller in the pennies or micro pennies. But if it came out that with a blockchain, it was impossible to get higher than a certain number of transactions per second. If Vitalik, the guy who created Ethereum for those of you who don't know, said we've reached the cap. We can't have more transactions per second than what we have now. Then that would be a legitimate reason for a price drop because – that means there would be no room for growth, so it's less valuable than what people thought. Again, these are all theoretical, but the point is, hopefully what you're getting, is that if the, nothing has changed in the tech and there's still increasing adoption, increasing users, increasing developers, and increasing customers, which is the case right now, there is no reason for a dip. So if the technology hasn't changed and nothing new has come about that would be negative then there's no reason for a price drop in that situation. And the other one, the other main reason that a crash would be warranted that doesn't have to do with the technology, and this is the big one, this is valuations. If you've invested in stocks before, you already know what valuations are, but essentially valuations are 
what the coin is worth. What is the value as a valuation? This is the same as the market cap that you see on places like CoinMarketCap. If market caps are higher than what the technology is really worth, than what the platforms are really worth, then eventually correct a, a correction will happen and the prices will drop. And this is the hardest to tell. This is the hardest. How do you determine what Bitcoin is worth? Right? Like, I mean, some people say it's already overvalued. Other people say that it's worth 10 times as much, 100 times as much as what it's worth now. So how do you know? That's the hardest thing. And really, this is where your own due diligence and research comes in. You have to be able to assess roughly. It doesn't have to be like an exact number. It's worth exactly 100.7 billion. No, okay? You can give a rough estimate. But you have to know within a certain range, within you know, 5 or 10% of the true value, what it's worth. Because if you're able to do that, you can make a lot of money. But the hard part about that is it's not just what it's worth now, but it's what it could be worth in the future. Um, ARK is a perfect example of that. Um, ARK coin, for those of you who don't know, um, is a coin that I'm also invested in, and I believe in it. And it's currently valued at, uh, or at least when I bought it, it was, I believe, $5 billion was the market cap. Uh, I think it could go to $100 billion. But a lot of that is relying on their technology panning out. They essentially, quick summary, they're trying to connect uh, all cryptocurrencies and be the medium of exchange that you can use to transfer between each using smart bridges. Again, topic for another day. But I'm betting on the technology panning out. I'm betting on the ARC team to figure it out and the dev team to make sure everything works and then obviously the community to keep contributing to this open source project and i'm hoping that it pans out that's what i'm betting on and so basically i've come to the stance that if it works out then yes it's worth 20 times what it's worth now but that's the bet that's the gamble because that's what we are doing we're doing uh educated gambling as i like to call it so if you think that ethereum like myself is worth 500 billion and right now Ethereum is in roughly the $100 billion mark, then you should invest in it, right? Because that's a 5x return. That's a good buy. But if you think that Ethereum is worth $150 billion, right? Let's talk about in the actual price. Right now Ethereum, as I'm recording this, is $1,100. If you think the max cap is $1,500, you should, you should probably not buy it. But if you think the price could go to $4,000, $5,000, like I talked about a couple days ago, then you should buy it. I mean, it's a good buy. Obviously, my own opinion, not financial advice, but I think you get what I'm saying here. You have to be able to determine determine the values of these coins, and that is the hardest thing. Even in the stock market, people don't know how to do this, or at least there are a lot of arguments on how to best do this. There are a million formulas and algorithms that try to figure out the true valuation. There are a million books out there that try to figure out the true valuation of companies, right? And it's hard. That's why there's so many people on Wall Street. If, if everyone knew what the actual value of something is, there would not be market fluctuations it would just say okay the price is seven dollars a coin that's it there would be no fluctuations if everyone agreed on a price of what it's worth but people don't so if you get really good at figuring out what these coins are worth within a rough estimate and then finding out what's a good price range for you to buy in right if you say i don't want to buy a coin unless i really believe that i can at least double my money with it 
So, for example, I'm going back to Ethereum or Bitcoin. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Bitcoin right now, uh, at the time of recording this, is roughly uh, between eleven and twelve thousand. I don't know exactly the price. I haven't checked in in a couple hours. Let's call it eleven thousand. If you think that Bitcoin is worth twenty five thousand at least, and you're saying I want to at least double my money if I invest in a currency, then Bitcoin might be a good buy for you. But if you're saying I only want to be able to 10x, okay, well, that's more risky and that's much harder to find coins that are worth 10 times what they are today or what, you th- what should be worth 10 times they are what they are today. But that's your criteria. Then you would want to buy something like ARK if you had the same belief as me that you think ARK could be worth 20 times what it is today. So it's finding the price range that you're comfortable with for the returns you want and it's being able to roughly assess and do your own research and do your own due diligence to figure out the value of a coin, the rough value of a coin. Because if you're able to do that, as the title suggests, you will get rich off of cryptocurrencies without a doubt. But it's not easy. But it's definitely possible within a certain amount of uh I guess you could say leeway, you can figure out what the value is. And I have my own system for valuing coins, but that is way too complex of a topic to add on an explanation in this episode. But I am planning on doing one very, very soon. I have my own ranking system, my own scoring system. But you will get rich. I'm telling you this right now. You will get rich. You will make a lot of money off of cryptocurrencies if you're able to correctly assess the value of them. So that's what you have to do. And, and that's it's really it sounds simple, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of research and a lot of time and a lot of patience, too, because it's just because you th- have assessed. I have assessed that I think Ethereum is worth five times what it is today, but I'm not expecting it to get there tomorrow, but maybe a year or two from now it will. And listen, I'm not a trader. A lot of you are saying, well, what about day trading and week trading when it comes to that? I'm not an expert on that, so I can't give my opinion. Now, there are people who make a lot of money from this. Uh, There are people who have bots and algorithms that know exactly which prices to buy at when and within milliseconds can buy and sell. Awesome. If you have that, awesome. Go for it. I don't, and I'm not confident enough in my abilities to say, okay, Bitcoin is at 11650 right now, but I think it's could go up to 11800 in the next 10 minutes. So I'm going to buy right now and then sell in 10 minutes. I don't have that ability. I think in the short term, it is very, very, very difficult to tell what the price fluctuations will be. That's why so many value investors, and you don't have to take my word for it. You can take any, any wealthy, famous investor who's a value investor. They will tell you day trading is a bit of a fool's game unless you're using computers and algorithms it's a bit of a fool's game but that's my opinion if you are good at it and you make a lot of money by all means man go for it man woman child i don't care go for it go for it but it's not what i do and it's not what i recommend but again my own opinion it's time for the news all right news time so earlier this morning the owner of the NYSE, the New York Stock Exchange, the biggest stock exchange in, is it the biggest in the world? I believe it is. It's the U.S. Stock Exchange, essentially, where most uh, major stocks are listed. Um, He announced that he is creating a cryptocurrency data feed for institutional investors. Uh, What's different about this 
between like compared to coin market cap or other crypto sites whatever you use um is that in the professional world a professional investor world people don't use the public info they don't use yahoo finance or bloomberg uh finance or whatever they use things called terminals that give you access to all the data you could ever want from anything from apple's stock price to apple the fruit okay they give you data on anything market fluctuations users everything you think of a piece of data they probably have it in these uh data terminals these data feeds and essentially he is creating this for institutions people with hundreds of billions of dollars and that means that they want to invest in crypto there's a demand for it or else they wouldn't be creating this and so they want more in-depth data on cryptos so they want to invest in cryptos they want to put their money in it so there is some bullish news that should only make you happy if you're invested in this space and also v chain a coin that has been super popular lately in the crypto community um one that i don't personally own but i have been watching and paying attention to it very much recently they announced a partnership with fang hu wang i believe that's how you pronounce it it is a real estate lender it's the fastest growing real estate lender mortgage company um in china and essentially they are going to use VeChain to verify client data so people can't lie about assets or money they have uh, because it needs to be verified in the blockchain. And like we said before, you can't hack the blockchain. Um, you can't change data in the blockchain. Once it's in there, it's it's in there. And they also are using it to improve their data security. Again, you can't hack the blockchain, so you can't go in and change the data. This is just another use case for VeChain and a use case a very successful use case for blockchain technology as well so it's a big win if you're invested in vchain which again I'm, I'm kind of regretting that i'm not but at the same time i'm okay with it i'm invested in quite a few coins right now so i'm, I'm comfortable but uh it's a it's a win for blockchain technology as a whole because it's just another example another strong use case that blockchain blockchain technology works and much better than the current systems and it's much cheaper they said they're going to re reduce the cost for bang hu wang like i i hope i'm pronouncing it right i think i am um a lot as far as how much they pay for their data security and how much they pay to verify uh people's assets and then finally in a bit of uh fun news my home state yes home state of arizona i live in phoenix announced that they are going to vote on a bill that will allow people to pay their taxes with Bitcoin and possibly other cryptocurrencies. They haven't announced which ones yet. Um, it's just a bill proposal. But the most interesting part of this is that the bill is being sponsored by four Republicans. If you don't live in the U.S. from international listeners, uh, Republicans is just basically the right-wing conservative side, Democrats left-wing uh, liberal side. Uh, and most of the time, Blockchain technology, is, at least lately, has been sponsored by more liberal left-wing side, uh, Democrat side. But this time it's actually being sponsored by right-wing Republican, which is good because it shows this is not a political show. I don't get involved in politics at all. It's not my interest. But it's good to see that both sides of the aisle, both sides of uh, ideologies are coming together and seeing that this technology is valuable and does work. 
And I think it's just really promising to see that, you know, the U.S., states in the U.S., and I'm sure Arizona won't be the last, are saying, yeah, we don't mind adopting these. We will use them for taxes. We will use the technology for our own infrastructure. I just think that this is uh, really cool and really important. It's an important first step. And it makes tax liability easier because then you don't have to convert your money, like myself, back into dollars. If I want to pay taxes, I can just literally send them Bitcoin, which would be really awesome if it gets passed. And I, I've heard, I read that it actually has a pretty decent chance of getting passed. Anyways, guys, see you next, I guess tomorrow, actually. Hey guys, David here. I just wanted to personally thank you for listening to this podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. It just means a lot to us. We're new. We're just getting started. So if you could help us out, that would be great. And also, we have been putting up some fire content on Instagram and on YouTube. So if you are not already following us or subscribed on Instagram and YouTube, then go to the show notes, click those links, and follow us there. We are posting content daily, so be sure to check it out. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. Thank you.